Appreciate that song. Ecclesiastes chapter 7 this morning. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. And on behalf of the wife of the pastor, I'd like to say thank you for the birthday card. And I know that Susie appreciates that. And uh, she'll be an older woman tomorrow. And I'm thankful for that. Ecclesiastes chapter 7. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we are thankful for this day, and Lord, we are thankful for your goodness to us. I pray, God, that in the next few moments you would help us to give attention to your word. I pray that you'd use it to be a help to us, Lord, that uh, we would consider how this applies to us and no one else. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen. Last week, I just want to remind us very quickly what we looked at, not because it has anything to do with today's message, but because the practicality of it is a help. In verses number 21 and 22, Solomon basically gave this instruction to those who would be over servants. He said, don't strive to know what people are saying about you. And he said, if you hear what people are saying about you, don't take it too serious, because what he said was this, you may just discover that they're not saying a lot of positive things about you. And so the idea was this, is just know that there are going to be people who don't necessarily care for your leadership. There will be people who don't necessarily care for your style sometimes. But he said, don't let it bother you. Don't let it upset you. Because he said in verse number 22, For oftentimes also thine own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise hast cursed others. The reality is this, is that many times we have second-guessed and we have questioned and we have challenged the authority and the leadership of others. And so we just need to be careful to not take it too serious when someone challenges us or someone does not appreciate the leadership we may be given, okay? So that's what we talked about last week. This morning I want to begin with a thought. I want to begin by talking about someone that every one of us know, all right? You know this person. I know this person. Here's the thing. I just don't know who they are in your life like you may not know who the person is in my life. Okay? So here's a person that you know. It is a person that I know. And maybe, just maybe, you might be this person. Here's the person that I'm talking about. No matter the instructions given, they've got a better way of doing it. You ever known anybody like that? No matter the instructions given. It may be a child that immediately pops into your head. You can remember that every time you would give them instructions, they might say something like this. Well, what about this? Well, what if we did it this way? Hey, hey, Mom, Dad, what do you think maybe if we did this, 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 or this? And haven't there been some times as a parent you wanted to say and probably did say something to this effect? Just do what I told you. You ever been there? It may not be that a child popped into your head. It may be someone like this, someone that you have to work with on a regular basis. It doesn't matter what the boss has told them. It doesn't matter what upper management has told them. It doesn't matter what anyone has told them. They've got a better plan. They've got a better idea. They've got a better way of doing things. And, and here's what is true sometimes of some people that if you had not told them to do it your way, they probably would have done it that way. But as soon as you told them to do it this way, well, then they didn't want to do it that way. They wanted to do it some other way. 
It seems like, does it not, that there are just some people who no matter what the instructions are, no matter what the request may be, no matter what the commandments are that are given, they think and they believe that they have a better way to do it. I think most of us would say this if we'd known someone like that or if we continue to have dealings with someone like that. I think most of us would say this, that that kind of an attitude and that kind of a spirit is not an admirable spirit or an admirable attitude. Sometimes you really do, and sometimes I really do, if we're honest. We just want people to do what they're told and stop coming up with better ideas and better solutions because sometimes we just want it done this way regardless. You ever been there? Now, I will hope to make sense of that in just a couple of moments, but this morning we're going to look in just one verse of Scripture in the next few moments. But before we do, just real quick, want to explain verses 23, 23 down through verse number 28. Essentially what Solomon says in verses 23 through 28 is this, is that he continued his pursuit of knowledge, his pursuit of wisdom, and his pursuit of understanding. Solomon still had questions that he wanted answers to. Solomon still had questions in his mind that he wanted to resolve. And, and in and of itself, I just want to say this so that we're all clear on this, that for Solomon to have a desire to have wisdom and understanding and knowledge, there was nothing wrong with that. There is nothing wrong with the person wanting to learn. There is nothing wrong with the person wanting to gain understanding and to gain a knowledge about something. There is nothing wrong with that, but sometimes it can hurt you. But nonetheless, that's essentially what Solomon talks about in verses 23 down through 28, his continued pursuit of knowledge. But in verse number 29, we see one of the conclusions that Solomon comes to in this pursuit of wisdom and understanding. He said in verse number 29, Lo, this only have I found. This only have I found. So what does that statement mean? It means this, that Solomon has come to understand something. He has come to discover or detect something. So in his pursuit of knowledge and wisdom and understanding... Solomon realizes something. So what did Solomon realize and what did Solomon understand? He said in verse number 29, right after that, that God hath made man upright. That God hath made man upright. So what does it mean whenever he said that God hath made man upright? Well, obviously we know who God is when Solomon speaks of God. So what does it mean whenever he uses the word made? It means this, to fashion or to create. So Solomon acknowledges that God is the creator of man. It is God who designed man. It is God who formed man. And so what Solomon said is this, is that as God made man, God made man in such a way that he was upright, which means this, to be straight or to be right or to be pleasing or to be righteous. And so we could basically paraphrase the statement like this, that Solomon said in his pursuit of wisdom and understanding and knowledge, here is what he discovered and here is what he detected and here's what he began to realize that God created man in an upright fashion God created man in a pleasing fashion one who walked straight and one who did that which was right yet notice what he said in verse number 29 after that he said but they 
have sought out many inventions. They have sought out many inventions. What does it mean whenever he uses this statement, they have sought out many inventions? Well, the word sought out would mean this, to seek or to desire something. So they have sought for something, they have looked for something, and they are desiring something. So what is it that Solomon says that they have sought out? He said they have sought out many inventions. What does it mean whenever Solomon speaks of many inventions? It means this, a plan or a scheme that is to the advantage of a person. A plan or a scheme that is to the advantage of a person or an individual. So here's what Solomon says. Again, just to try to paraphrase this and to summarize it. He said, in my continued pursuit of knowledge and wisdom and understanding, I discovered this to be true. I've discovered that this is the way that it is. That God made man upright. God created man in a way that was pleasing, in a way that was righteous. But here is what they have done. They have sought out or they have searched for and they have desired things and schemes and plans that they believe will be to their own advantage. So as I read this verse, as I put these thoughts together, and as I tried to figure out what does this really mean for you and I today, I began to consult some commentaries, some men who are supposedly educated and informed on what the Scriptures mean. And here is what a recurring theme seems to be when you read the commentaries. Many believe that as Solomon made this statement, that he tracked this understanding and he traced this knowledge all the way back to the creation of Adam and Eve. And so what the scholars tend to believe and what the scholars tend to promote is this, is that as Solomon studied mankind, as Solomon studied out wisdom and and, and knowledge and understanding, here's what he realized, that when God made Adam and Eve... He made them sinless. He made them righteous. He made them upright. He made them in a way that was pleasing unto them. And certainly there is no arguing that truth if we're Bible believers, correct? You you go back and you read the Genesis account. You, You read the creation account where God created man, where God created woman. When you go back and you read that, if you believe the Scripture to be accurate, then here is what you cannot deny, that God did create Adam and Eve in a perfect way, and they dwelled in a perfect world, and what fouled them up? They found a better plan than God's plan. They were introduced to a way that was better than what God had already presented to them. You'll remember in the Garden of Eden, it was very clear of Adam and Eve. They could eat of any tree. They could eat of any fruit there in the garden. There was only one tree that they could not partake of the fruit of. You remember this, right? Satan comes along and he tempts Eve first and he says, Yea, hath God said. Is this what God has said? Is this what God has declared? And and what did Satan do to Eve? He put a slight bit of doubt in her mind 
that maybe what God had said and what God declared was not the best way to do it, not the the right way to do it, but maybe there was a scheme or a plan or another direction that you could take that would make your life better. You remember what Satan said to Eve? He essentially said this, The reason God doesn't want you to eat this is because in the day that you eat thereof, your eyes will be open and you'll be able to discern between good and bad, between what is evil and what is right. And so here is what happened. Though living in a perfect world, Eve sought out an invention. She desired now this plan, this scheme, this idea that I have a better way of doing things than what God has declared to be the right way and the best way. So upon her failure in the area, what did she do? She went to Adam, and Adam partook of the fruit, and that is when sin entered into the world. Now again, the commentaries, the scholars suggest that whenever Solomon was making this statement that he had tracked his thoughts all the way back to the creation of Adam and Eve, that God created them upright, but they sought out these different schemes and these different plans because they thought they knew better. Now I want to say this, and hopefully you'll buy into this as we go throughout the message, all right? I think all that applies to Adam and Eve But I don't believe that that's who Solomon was referencing as he made this statement in verse number 29. The tense is not of a past tense as much as it is a present tense by way of an expression of his thoughts. See, here is Solomon and here's what he's doing. He's pursuing wisdom and knowledge and understanding. And he comes to a conclusion that he has seen based upon his recent studies, his recent gathering of information. And he said, you know what? Here is what I've basically determined, that God has basically created man upright. Basically, men and women are good people. Now, I know that you and I this morning... From a theological standpoint, we may jump in here and say something like this, that the scripture declares that there is none good, no, not one. But let me ask you something this morning. How many of us know people who are not saved? They're not Christians. They're not believers. They're not churchgoers. They're not people who really identify with any particular group or set of faith How many of us know people who, again, they're not Christians, but for lack of better words, we might say something like this, that's a good person? Do you know anybody like that? That's a good man. That's a good lady. You know, they're a good couple. You know, they're a good family. There are a lot of people in this culture that we live in who fit that description do they not they're charitable they're kind they're hardworking. 
They care about their neighbor. They're willing to volunteer and they're willing to give. They're willing to assist. They're trying to just make a living. They're trying to just raise their kids in a way that their kids would be a profit and a benefit and a, and a help to the community that they're a part of. There are many good people, for lack of better words, and yet they are not believers or Christians by way of their faith. So let me ask you something. What is it about good people... What is it about them that serves as a struggle or a hindrance to them? Well, many times it would be this. Though they are good people, they have sought out other or many inventions. So I don't know what you mean by that. Here's what I mean very simply. They're good people. They're not people of faith. And what serves as a hindrance to them and what is a struggle for them and many times even for us as we look at them is this, is the reason that they're not really a person of faith, they haven't bought into Christianity or things of that nature is this, is because regardless of what the Word of God has already declared, they've come up with a better way to do things in their mind and in their heart. They've sought out, they desire, they, they have searched for what they think is a better way to do things than what God's Word has already declared they ought to do. Solomon says, you know, I, I've found this to be true. I've discovered this. There are a lot of good people out there. But here's the problem. They think they know more than God. Because they have a better way. They have a better plan. Is that not true and is that not accurate? Of course it is. How do we know? Take the good people that you know. Take the good people that you're associated with. Take the good people in your family. Whatever you want to consider this morning, take the good people and ask yourself this. Isn't it true that so many times, regardless of what the Word of God has to say, they've got a better idea and they've got a better plan how to handle their family? We can nod our heads because we've all known people like this. They know what the Word of God says. Maybe they've heard what the Word of God says. And, and basically, okay, that's what the Word of God has declared. But that may be fine for you, but we're going to do things a little different for us. We've got a better idea. We've got a better plan. We've got a better scheme. This works better for us. This is to our advantage. And so that's why a lot of good families out there are good outside of the realm of a relationship with God. They think they have a better idea. Now again, that attitude is not admirable when you compare it to the Word of God for this reason. Word of God, the Word of God is absolute authority. 
It really is whether we want to get excited about it this morning or not. The Word of God is absolute authority. And so for someone to be a good person, yet they're going to operate their families better than what God has said to do and, and better than how God has designed it, really what that attitude is is an attitude of great arrogance and of great pride. Because you know better than God. Listen, that's the very attitude that got Adam and Eve into trouble because they had a better plan than what God had established. It doesn't matter to them what God has said. Here is their hindrance. When it comes to their priorities, they've got a better plan than God. You know, God has said this needs to be first. This needs to be most essential. This needs to be what you pursue. And the good people out there, here's what they've done. They've decided in their heart and minds, that might be fine for you, but I've got a better plan for me. There are good people all throughout this nation who think when it comes to their priorities, they know more than God. They desire a plan that is more to their liking, that is more to their advantage. So if you want to make God first in your life, that's good for you. But we're going to do it different because, well, that just works for us. It's that way when it comes to relationships. It's that way when it comes to finances. It's that way when it comes to virtually everything in their lives. It doesn't matter what God's Word says. I'm a good person, and I've got a better plan for my life than what God has. So if you want to do that, if you want to pursue those things, if, if that's how you want to live your life, that's fine. You can do it. But we've got a better plan than what God has. Now, again, I just want to throw this out there for consideration. It was that very attitude in the life of Adam and Eve that created the sin that now plagues the entire human race. Okay. So, again, I don't believe that Adam and Eve were the subject of conversation or the topic of thought whenever Solomon penned those words. It applies but yet we see in our culture good men, good women, kind, charitable, hardworking, trying to be contributors to their society, but they've got a better plan than God. Now this morning, I want us to think about a different group of people. We won't be here just a real long time, so... Work with me for just a couple of moments, okay? I want us to think about one other group of people that most of us are familiar with. That would be the Christian. The Christian. Before we delve into this just a little bit, let me ask us real quick to answer this question. What is a Christian? Well, according to the Scripture, a Christian would be a follower of of Christ. Amen. A Christian is the one who understands the words of God and is a follower and is a doer of 
the Word of God. We in 2017 need to be reminded of this truth. A person does not simply become a Christian because they decide to call themselves a Christian. There are many people in our culture today, there are many people in our society today who are of the mindset that if they call themselves a Christian, they must now be a Christian. That is not what a Christian is. A Christian is one who follows the teachings of the Word of God. And the only way that a person can be a true Christian is when you have come to God through Jesus Christ in faith. See, the the, the Bible is completely 100% clear that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes unto the Father but by Jesus Christ. So no one gets to God by way of a personal relationship unless they have gone through Jesus Christ. And as you read through the Scripture, here's what you understand. There has to be confession made with the mouth. There has to be a belief in the heart of the individual. There has to be a repentance that takes place, a turning of the sin so that you can no longer live that way of life. But now you are pursuing God. That is how one becomes a Christian. We don't just wake up one day and say, well, I'm a Christian and I'm going to start being religious and that'll be good enough. No, friends, that is not good enough. It's what the Word of God teaches. So for the Christian, the one who has humbled themselves before God, the one who has cried out to God in in humility and said, God, I recognize I'm a sinner. God, you're the only one that can save me. God, I ask you to forgive me my sins. For the one who is a true Christian. What have we been made before Christ? We've been made right. Have we not? We've been justified. We've been declared righteous. Our sins have been covered by the blood of Jesus Christ, have they not? As a result of my salvation, as a result of your salvation, if you're a true child of God, here is what has happened. We have been declared righteous and justified through the work of Jesus Christ on our behalf when He died on the cross and we accepted Him as the Scripture says we must. For those of us who are true Christians, that is true of us. But who are we also the descendants of? We are the descendants of a fallen man named Adam. Are we not? So I have a new spirit dwelling within me. The Holy Spirit leads and the Holy Spirit guides and the Holy Spirit is able to give me the direction that my life needs. But I still have this thing called a sinful flesh. And you still have this thing called a sinful flesh. And many times, I don't know if this would be true of everyone this morning, but many times here's what is true of even those who are Christians, those who would identify themselves as followers of Christ. Here is what so many times we struggle with. I'm a good person. I just think I have a better way of doing things 
than what God's already declared. Some of you are looking at me like you can't identify with this. Friends, it's a struggle of ours. Because every honest person knows there are times that God's Word declares His desires and His intentions for us, and our flesh does not want to do what the Word of God says. The the Word of God says, do this with your family, and immediately a little light bulb goes off, and we say, ah, but we've got a better plan for our family than that. Let's not act like we've never wrestled with that. We've got a better plan. We've got a better approach. We've got a better way of doing this. I know what the Word of God says, preacher. And listen, I'm a Christian. Don't you doubt that. I'm a follower of God. I just have a better idea as to what we need to be doing than what God's Word says. Because we live in a different day and a different culture. Friends, that's baloney. We don't have a better plan. We don't have another scheme that serves our advantage more than just doing what God's Word has already declared for us to do in our families. Whether we get excited about that truth or not. Here's what happens. The Word of God says, do this in relation to your priorities. And you know what we struggle with so many times? The exact same thing that the lost world struggles with. God, I've got better plans than that. God, I've got a better scheme. There's something that works more to my advantage. Here's what we're going to do, God. We're going to put you on a rotation basis. Your turn will roll around every once in a while. Don't worry, but, but see, when it comes to my priorities, here's what we'll do. We'll place you here, and we've got this here, and we've got this here, and we've got this here. And so here's what will happen. If it's not this, 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 or this, you'll get it. Isn't that a better plan, God? That way you get included in the equation, and we still get to do everything we want to do. But I'm a good person. Uh, listen, Our goodness is not really being debated this morning, but what is being challenged, I hope, is this, this thought that we have a better plan than what God has. This has been the struggle of mankind since the beginning of mankind. Satan puts this little thought into our heads that we've got a better idea than what God has got. And so even as Christians, though we've been justified, though we've been made right, though we are on our way to heaven so many times, God, I know what you've said, but I've got a better idea for my family than what you've got. And God, when it comes to priorities, I've got a little bit better scheme, you know, because I'm really sharp, God, and I'm really smart, and I've come up with something that will really help us. Come on. What makes us think that we're smarter than God? We know better sometimes when it comes to our money. So we think. Lord, I'm a pretty good guy. Lord, (laughs) listen, I know what the Word of God says. See, when it comes to my money, I, I've, me and my wife, we've talked about this. And we feel real good about this. And we're good with our money going here and maybe a little bit of our money going here. But, but God, you know, we're really trying to set back and save so that at this stage we'll really be able to enjoy this. I think that would work out much better for us. Don't you, God? Really? We've got a better savings plan than God has? 
We have a better spending plan than what God's got. We've got a better budget than what God's already laid out. Isn't it true that so many times, even in our spiritual lives, we wrestle with this idea that we've got a better plan than what God's got? God, I know that you've said that this is supposed to be most important. God, you have said that this is what is supposed to be our number one pursuit. Well, God, here's what I'm going to try to do. I'm going to try to pursue both at the same time. But I said you can't serve God and mammon. I, I know that's what you said, God, but see, I've come up with a plan. I can do it. So, God, here's what we're going to do. We're going to put my spiritual life and my career, we're, we're going to put them on the same track. And here's what we're going to do. We're just going to keep both of y'all going the same direction. Yeah, there are going to be times, you know. I mean, hey, there are going to be times you're going to be set aside for career. But, but, but don't worry, God. This is going to work out just fine. Isn't it amazing how smart we think we are? Never mind what God's Word says. We've got it better. Because we're real smart. Susie and I have been talking about this in recent weeks just because of different events and different things that have kind of unfolded. Not anything necessarily in this church, but just things we're seeing in our culture and in our society today. How many of you remember that store? Maybe there are still some around, but they used to be far more popular than they are today. How many of you remember that store called Build-A-Bear? Just Build-A-Bear. You went in and there were all these, I don't know, unstuffed bears. And kids and maybe adults themselves, you could walk in and say, Okay, I want the white one, I want the brown one, I want the black one, whatever it was. Okay, now I want you to fill the bear up this much, and I want you to put the clothes on, and I want them to have this outfit. And at the end of the process, you know what you got to do? You got to design the bear you wanted completely and entirely. And that bear was exactly to your description. Isn't it amazing the number of people who think God is kind of like that? Okay, God, I know what your word says, but here's what I want to do. I want to build a God that's a little bit different because I know better. So I'm going to have a God that says this, but I'm going to have a God that, that allows me to do this and do this and do this and do this and do this because after all, I know better. And here's what you're going to do, God. You're just going to sit over in the corner and be okay with it. Friends, that's not the way God works. And that's not the way God interacts with his people. I hope you're back tonight to get tonight's message because tonight's message is a strong challenge to you and I as believers. But I want us to understand this this morning. It does not matter the kind of God that we decide to create in our mind. And it doesn't matter how smart we think we are and how we have come up with a better scheme and a better plan. And we've got a better approach to this than how God has already described it or laid it out. And, and it doesn't matter how good of a person we think we are. The truth of the matter is this. Until we are willing to take our orders from God and stop trying to come up with a better plan, we're not in a good position in our spiritual lives. 
Well, that doesn't make me feel good. That doesn't make me feel happy today. I'm just saying. Solomon said, you know what? I have pursued wisdom. I have pursued knowledge. I have pursued understanding. And this is one of the things that I've discovered. This is one of the things that I have recognized, that here is what God did. God made man upright. But their problem is this. They're always looking for something better than what God's already declared. And we're living in a culture full of good people who think they know more than God. And many times in our own churches, we're filled with good people. But we just have better plans than what God has. Sometimes we're the ones who always knows better. When in reality, sometimes we just need to do what we're told. Just do what you've been told to do and stop trying to come up with something different. And this morning, I don't know, I'm not assuming, I'm not judging, I'm not casting doubt on anyone's spiritual life at all. But I would ask you this morning just to answer the question. Do you sometimes struggle believing you've got a better plan than God? Do you sometimes struggle thinking you've got this more figured out than him? And this will be more to your advantage, even though God has already spoken. If you're struggling with that, whatever it is, just admit today that God knows best. And you just need to do what he says and stop assuming that you know better. And it may be this morning you're sitting here and you'd have to say something like this. You know, to be honest, I thought just being good was good enough. And I thought just being a good guy, being a good lady was just enough. It may be that you just need to humble yourself before the Lord this morning and say, Lord, I need to stop assuming that I'm good enough. And God, I need a personal relationship with you. And that may be where some need to start today. But let's stop assuming that we know more than the one who created us. Let's all stand this morning and bow our heads for prayer. Fathers, we come to you this morning. I pray that you'd help us to recognize that it doesn't really matter how good we are, how good we think we are, how good people tell us we are. It does not really matter if in our personal lives we constantly think we've got a better plan than what you've already put in place. Because God, when we're constantly assuming that we've got a better plan, all that does is reveal our rebellion, it reveals our pride, it reveals our arrogance, and our lack of submission to your authority. So God, when we do struggle, I pray that you'd help us to get back in line with your word. And Lord, if there are some who are struggling even right now, I pray that today would be the day they would surrender and stop pretending and stop assuming 
that they've got a better plan, but that they would just yield to you and what your word has already said. I pray these things now in Jesus' name. Amen.